0: Well, let's look at Colossians 1, verse 13 this morning, Colossians 1, 13. and then I'm going to jump way down to Ephesians 5, verse 8, just to give you a heads up. I'm going to do it that way, so if you want to locate that, that'll be the next one. Colossians 1, verse 13 says, "...He has delivered us from the power of darkness." And conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. We've been delivered from the power of darkness. You, me, if we believed on what Jesus has done, received what He's paid for through His precious blood, then. We are delivered from the power of darkness. It doesn't say you're going to be delivered. It says you are delivered right now, that you're redeemed. You've been bought back. We talked about that several weeks ago, redeemed by the blood. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been bought back. We've been purchased. So the power of darkness or darkness has no power over us. As Christians, as children of God, it says we've been conveyed. It conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. So our sins have been forgiven. We've been uh, washed in the blood, redeemed by His blood, and conveyed or transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. We're we're conveyed into the kingdom of God. So as a Christian. You are in the kingdom of God. Jesus is the king. So this isn't just church creed doctrine. This isn't something we just adhere to. This is reality that darkness had power over us and does have power over every individual that hasn't confessed Jesus, has that power over them now. But it had power over us, but we've been... uh, Transferred out of that kingdom, out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the power of darkness, and now we're in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus. In reality, you say, Well, I, I'm in Massachusetts, I'm in New Hampshire. That's where we are physically, but spiritually, we are members, we are citizens of heaven, we are part of that kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are here on the earth, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we are citizens of that kingdom, of, of God's kingdom, of that heavenly kingdom. You just live here right now. Just like if you know, you're a citizen of the U.S. and you go out of the country, that doesn't mean somehow you're not a citizen of the U.S. You, are, you just happen to be somewhere else. Well, right now we are citizens of heaven and we're in that kingdom, but we're here in the earth. But spiritually speaking, if you could see in the spiritual realm, you are part of the kingdom of heaven. There is is something different about you, and spiritually, you've been born again. And it is very apparent to spiritual beings, angels, uh, you know, light and dark, uh, both angels and demons, who the children of God are and who are, are children of Satan, who are still under the power of darkness it's very apparent. If you could see in the spiritual realm, it's, it's not a question. You know, see, we walk around, and we can only see uh, naturally. You know, unless there's a gift of the Spirit operating, we can't see into the Spirit realm. We can only see naturally. So you see people, and you can't tell on the outside. We're saying apart from any kind of spiritual discernment or impression, physically, you can't tell if somebody's a Christian or not. Now, you could say they're acting like this or something. I'm talking about if you just were to look at them and they're dressed. Because we were talking about this. I mean, we know this, but it just, I I don't know, um, see it at a different level. I mean, you realize when you watch certain things like movies and everything, of course those people are actors. It's really interesting when you see actors playing a Christian who are not Christians. I mean, it's really interesting to me because they're, you know, they're very convincing. I mean, I'm talking about good actors that, that are very convincing in what they're doing, high quality, and act like they have a relationship with God in the script, but they don't believe God. Yeah, you know, there's a certain person that was on a TV show for years and years, that was very family-oriented, that, act, that completely acted the part that he was a Christian all the time, and he wasn't a Christian unless he got Christian born again right at the end. That, that is a side point. That's very interesting to me because you, you are hearing the truth. You're acting as if you're in the truth. And so convincingly that other people would look at your character and it, it conveys that, that you believe and you don't believe. Well, there are people in this world that you look at and go, well, they, they really look good. You, don't, you can't tell by outward behavior really what if they've been born again. Now, behavior should follow. If you're really the child of God and you're after Him, your behavior should uh, follow. You shouldn't be, and that's what we're going to talk about, you you shouldn't really be into certain things. But I was talking about spiritually, you can't, or naturally, you can't just look at somebody and say Christian, you know, from a distance. Now, you can get to talk to somebody like, "Uh, "There's, you know, you got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. They have the Spirit of God. You'd be like, are you a Christian? You know, you may not ask that, but, you know, you're talking, then later something comes up. you know, oh, you're, okay. I kind of thought so. I kind of thought you were, because you just, why? You have the spirit of God. They have the spirit of God and it bears witness. But the point is we are in the kingdom of God. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the power of darkness. It has no power over us. We're in a different kingdom. We are children of the most high God. Now go ahead and put up, um, Ephesians 5.18, we're going to go through some of these other things, but this I want to read this and we're going to go through through some other scriptures, but look at this. Ephesians 5.8, for you were once darkness. So you're talking about, he's talking to Christians, you know, church, the apostle Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus. He's talking to Christians. He said, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light, or whatever makes uh, clear, you know, whatever exposes and brings light, that, that's light. Makes uh, able to be seen, you could see, that is light. So go back to verse 8, it says, for you were once darkness, talking about exactly what we read in Colossians. You were under the power of darkness, but you have been delivered from the power of darkness. You're not in darkness anymore as a child of God. But now you are light in the Lord. Notice he's talking about, we're going to read this a lot this morning, I believe, darkness and light. You you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. So now he says, walk as children of the light. You've been transferred out of darkness. You're in the kingdom of God. You're in the, the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the king, and you're in the kingdom of light. You've been Translate into God's kingdom, and so walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Don't have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of what? Darkness. So you've been out of dark. You're delivered out of darkness. You're in the kingdom of light. You are light. You are a citizen of heaven. So now don't go back into darkness. Don't have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It says, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Uh, who? By those that are in darkness. But we're not in darkness. As a Christian, you're not in darkness. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about, don't play with darkness. Don't play with anything dark. You, we have to understand this is, see, see I think religion has made it, um, and, and, you know, people in the world will look at it this way, that, that faith, it's really religion, is a bunch of do's and don'ts. You know, being uh, Christian or whatever, it's just you have to do this and you don't do that, and it's a list. And religion then, God uh, man-made things will tell you a bunch of stuff you do and don't. What we go by is the truth of God's Word and what it tells us to do, but it, it, people have boiled it down sometime uh, to just a list of what you can and cannot do. It's missing the point. That's, 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 that's uh, e- external things. It's much deeper than that. It's the fact that as a child of God, you've been delivered from darkness. You, what people don't understand they're, they're bound by darkness. They're actually under the lordship of Satan before they're being born again. But when they trust, the, trust God and uh, through the blood of Jesus, what He did, you get transferred out of darkness. Darkness now has literally no power over you. And so you're in light, you're in a kingdom of light, darkness, it's not just that you got out, but it can, darkness can pull you back anytime it wants, it can't, it literally has no power over you. So now we don't want to give access to darkness voluntarily. That's the point. It's not, well, you can't do this. You can't do such and such. Well, my friends are doing such and such, but no, you can't because you're a Christian. Don't teach your children that. Because that's an external thing like, well, you can't do That sounds like you can't have any fun cuz you're a Christian. That's that's not the truth. That that that's don't that teaches something that you're something external instead of it being um Managed internally, inside out. No, you are a child of Almighty God. You are a king's kid. You're in this family. You don't want to have anything to do with that. That's beneath you. I'm not about a pride thing. I'm saying you don't want to mess with that. That is not representative of a child of God. You don't want to be drugged back into the mud you've been delivered from that. There are so many things that are available to you to walk in God's kingdom that are so much better. Why do you want to settle from, for some counterfeit and what people that don't know God are trying to uh, substitute in the place of God because they don't know any better? They don't have joy and peace in a relationship with God and to know, you know, to walk in his things and purity and love and peace and comfort, how much joy that brings. And so they're trying to get into these other things they think will fill that hole and they don't. So now as a child of God that has been delivered and you're out of that darkness, why would we voluntarily go back in to get the counterfeit? You don't want the counterfeit. You want the real. It's not that you can't do it. You don't want it. Right. Well, yeah, but I do want it. If we think we want it, or our flesh wants certain things, we got to dominate our flesh and know that I'm not going to be led by my flesh because the part of me that's a child of God that's born again is my spirit. So I'm going to be led by my spirit. Does your flesh want to do certain things? Sure. If you let your flesh go, you're going to be in a world of hurt. In every area. Even people, just naturally, if they you just the people talk about letting themselves go. I mean, you just, you don't care anymore. Well, that just have bad effects on your, your health, your relationship, your finances, everything. No, you got it. You have to do something. What, what, what are we supposed to be living by? By our spirit, by what the word of God says, and listen to truth and not do anything that is going to give an avenue for the enemy to pull us back into darkness where we've been freed because he can't get you there without your cooperation. Right. See Satan, he he portrays that he's big bad and you know so tough and you know if uh, it, it it's portrayed that way in Hollywood, you know you got the big bad evil side of things and when they portray demons they're just so big and scary and strong. He has been whipped, he has been defeated. He is nothing before God in the blood of Jesus and Jesus Christ is the king. Satan has no power whatsoever, and but he wants to make you think as a Christian he has power in your life. Well, we don't want to go and voluntarily like step in his domain to give him a hook in us. And so we don't want to we we don't want to to give access to Satan in any area. There is so much. Um, you know, of course, we're in October. And gosh, when I was growing up, I mean, sure, people would celebrate Halloween. And I don't recommend that you, you celebrate Halloween at all. It's just giving place to darkness, evil. Right. But good night. People like celebrate. It was like, yeah, it would come up near that, and people would, um, you know, people I knew would celebrate it. And, but um, it's like it's the whole month of October. Now, I mean, people people go more in for Halloween sometimes in their yards and stuff than they do for Christmas or anything. Right. I mean, got all these, you know, things. And um, so there's all that. But they, there's so much, people don't understand what they're messing with. And I'm not talking about from a fear point of view. I'm just talking about from a logic uh, reality point of view, stuff that is... Uh, scary, that's horror, that looks like demonic, anything like that, is just giving a place to the devil in your life. But any kind of darkness, anything that would be you know is wrong according to the Word of God, you know that it's not what you should do. If you voluntarily put your foot in it, you're giving access to the devil in your life. You're stepping back into darkness So don't mess with anything like that. Don't. Well, you know, I know it's not really right, but you know, I, I, everybody's doing it, or everybody, it, it's it's popular or whatever. Again, we have to go back to what we are in the spiritual realm, in the king, the kingdom we're in, and realize. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Why would I put myself back under darkness or give it one sliver in my life when I'm free from it? I want to know more who I am according to the Bible, and if that's not strong in me, get strong so that I have the real and walk in the real and don't mess with this stuff that's going to drag me down because don't don't be deceived into thinking you're too strong to be dragged down. That's a lie to begin with. Well, I can handle it. You're already in a bad position. That pride is one of the primary ways that Satan will get at you. Well, I know it's not quite right, but it's okay. You're deceived. I'm deceived. Whoever said that, it's a deception. What you're saying is, what will affect other people or what the Word of God says to stay away from, I can mess with it because somehow what? I'm stronger? Wait, if I'm in the kingdom of God, it's okay? I'm strong enough to just go and hang out with darkness and then come back? When you you think of light and you think of pure light and you being in the light in the kingdom of God and you're walking with Jesus because you are. If you're born again, the Spirit of God is in you. You're walking with Jesus and you're walking, you know, around. And there's some dark stuff over here. You're going, you know, in some city or whatever. Hey, a minute, I'm going to mess with this for a little bit. He, what, would, would that, what would that even look like at that point? I, I'm going to mess with this. I'm going to go over here and, you know, I'm just going to go in here for a little while. See what they got going on. I'm gonna go onto this internet site. I'm gonna go onto this social app. I'm just gonna see it. And Jesus is there. And you're like, well, it's just a little bit. I mean, I can handle it. That puts it in you. Does, does that sound rational? Does that sound like a good thing to do? Jesus is standing right next to you, and you're like, I got this. It's, I'll be back. I mean, I love you and everything. Just, I'm checking out for a minute. I'll come back and I'm gonna fellowship with you, but I'm just going over here. I'm going to wallow in the mud and I'm coming, but I love you. He loves you too, but why? He's, and, and, and think about it. Jesus, hands scarred, gave his life. He is identified with you and me forever. It says the man, Christ Jesus. He's identified with you and me, poured out his blood, went through indescribable suffering on the cross and he did that so you could get out of that junk and your, that pot thing used to, you couldn't get out of it. It had complete power over you. And now he's delivered you from it and you're telling him, it's okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here and mess with the stuff you delivered me from. That you died and gave your blood to get me out of and I'm going to do that. Because if you're born again and you have the, the spirit of God on the inside of you, he is right there with you. And us going I, I'm checking out, I'm just putting you aside, and I'm going to mess with this stuff. I, I mean, do I have to say more about that? Does it paint a good enough picture that it's like, what, what are you thinking? Yes. Well, I'll be, I'll be right back. That's the thing. The, the hardness uh, sin hardens you. You may not want to come back, because you like that too much. You like wallowing in the mud. I like, well, I mean, any of us, I'm not preaching at you. We're talking a tr- about a truth. When I say you in a sermon, somebody said it like, that, like this. One of my friends, he's an evangelist. He said, when I point a finger at you, he said, there's three pointing back at me and four if you have a curly thumb. <laughs> he was English. I don't know that different sense of humor. But anyway, he would be like four if you have a curly thumb. So I'm not, when I say you, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about a person. And if it applies to any of us, we need to come up in our thinking and realize it's not about what I can and cannot do. It's about I'm serving the king and I'm I'm on kingdom business and I'm not going to get off on anything that's going to hinder me from doing kingdom business. See, Satan's looking for an inroad. He's looking for something. He's probing the perimeter, trying to get at you and me, trying to get you to give him access so he can pull you back in the thing that you've been delivered from. So he's looking, see, he can't do that unless we give him access. He can't do it unless we give him a way in. He doesn't have the power or the authority. What he can do is entice and lie and deceive, get us to willingly go along with it to give him access so that then he can have entrance into our life. So if we willingly do it, we have our eyes open and we say, I'm I'm, I'm going in, I'm messing with stuff, we we are stepping out. I mean, you're not out of the the kingdom of light, you're still in it, but you're messing with the kingdom of darkness and willingly giving your sworn enemy access into your life to then deceive you. And the end, the ultimate thing would be to, to, to make you completely neutralized in the kingdom of God. Of course, if he can get you completely in that stuff and off the rails, he, he would try to do that, and he has done that. But what if you just, it, it, you know, a person just stood back and said, I'm, not, I'm in the kingdom of light. Jesus died for me. I am not going anywhere near anything that I've identified as darkness. I'm not seeing how close I can get into it. I'm not going to see, you know, if I can look at stuff for a little bit or I can watch a movie that I really shouldn't or, you know, get into an activity that I know is not good for me, but it's just a little bit. And I just said, I'm staying as far away from that as possible. I will complete my mission. And if that's not, if that's darkness, if that's what I've been delivered from, Then I'm here. I'm as far away from that. And if I see something, I'm like Joseph. You know, in the Old Testament, I'm running away. I'm running out. I don't care if I got to leave my coat. I'm out. You can have that, but you're not getting my life. You're not bringing me down. We have been made light, we've been delivered from darkness. Praise God. Look at John 1, verse 1. We've been called out of darkness. Before you go to John 1, hold your finger there. Look at, put up First Peter 2. It's right before that second scripture on there. First Peter 2, 9. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness Into his marvelous light. He's he's emphasizing, read that again, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you want to emphasize that you are a child of God. You are in his kingdom. You're a citizen of heaven. You have the Almighty, uh, sp- the, the, the spirit of almighty God living inside of, you, uh, uh, inside of you. You don't want to mess with any of that. Emphasize, well, you can't do that. No, you get to do this. We've been called out of that. So we're in light. That's a different way of going on it. That'll, that'll deal with temptation. That, you, you, you emphasize where you are and what God's doing in you rather than what you can't have. Whatever you focus on, you're going to be drawn to. So focus on the truth of who you are. Look at John 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, And without him, nothing was made that was made. This is talking about Jesus. So it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That's Jesus. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So Jesus came to earth. It's dark. The the darkness did not comprehend what was going on. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light. In other words, he wasn't Jesus, but was, to, was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. So Jesus is the light. He came into darkness. The darkness didn't comprehend it, so that the world was dark. The world was in sin. The world was under the power of Satan, and Jesus stepped in. The world didn't recognize him, but he came, to deliver us out of the world, of the power of darkness. Verse um, John eight twelve says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So he's saying, I, it says there in the first part, Jesus is the light, but now he's saying those who follow me, he said, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So in the first part of John, it says he's the light, but those who believe on him, now we are not to walk in darkness, we are light. And we've been delivered, we saw, out of the darkness. John um, 12, 44, then Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me, believes not in me, but also in him who sent me and he who sees me. Uh, sees me, sees him who sent me, I have come as light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Of course, that's talking about you've been delivered out of darkness, but also you don't live in darkness. You don't live in anything that would be dark. You don't fellowship with darkness. You're out of it. You, it's beneath you. We ought not cozy up to things that are dark. Don't, don't live with that. Don't uh, put up with it. Get out. So like, I don't know how. Ask the Lord and He will help you. Whatever He told you to do in His Word, you can do. Because no, don't make any mistake about it. Anything we do that's opposed to His Word, it will lead to pain. And it's not about giving up something. It's about you avoiding bad things and making yourself available to what God really wants us to do. It It is the most logical thing. Don't fall into the way the world looks at, well, you're giving up something to serve God. No, you've gained everything. And so make that as strong as possible and focus on that. It's not that you're giving up something. It's that you are avoiding the pain that would come by yielding yourself to darkness, and so we don't go that way. We don't. We don't let. We don't let it um, have a any kind of a, a a hook in us. Let's look at Second Corinthians four, verse one. Satan. Let me say this before I go to the scripture. See, um, Satan is subtle, and he's a deceiver, and so he's very, very cunning. We're not, we're not making uh, much of him. God is so far above Satan and knows if you follow him, you're going to be so um, far above anything Satan can do. But. On the other side, don't underestimate your enemy. That's, that's a uh, mistake that, because he himself will try to get you to do that and dismiss things that have to do with him because then people walk right into traps. The Bible says to know that you're not ignorant of Satan's devices. You, so we need to know he's a deceiver and he's a con. And so... One thing he's done is painted the things that are deception, the things that are evil, the things that are dark as appealing, as more appealing than the things of God. That you, that you, what you really want is this, and that you're giving something up that, that to uh, when you serve God and that just to make it all about, well, did you do the right thing or not, as if you have a report card, a checklist, did you do this, not do this, this, do, okay, you get an A and God loves you. And see, that will repulse people because they'll feel like I'm just trying to perform for God. It's not... That, that's what Satan's trying to make it up, but, but it's, it's actually deeper than that, and it's a deception. What was really going on is, as a child of God, you have been delivered from Him, and you have authority over Him. He knows this, and so He tries to make it like, well, you're just trying to keep this check bo- check, this uh, checklist, when really what He's doing is, if He can get you to yield in an area now he can bring condemnation to you. See, it's not about him just going, goody, goody, I got you to sin. It's to, to get you ineffective, to get you off, to point a finger at you. And so he's trying to, he's playing a strategic game. So if he can get it, think, well, I just, I want to do this and I'm, I'm failing God if I, if I give it to this and make it all about that. He's trying to get you into condemnation so he can defeat you and make you ineffective. That's what he's really after. But see, religion has made it, well, if you do it all right, then God, you get a gold star. You want to do everything you know to do to serve God because otherwise Satan will kill you. God loves us. He loved the world before we did anything right or wrong. He sent Jesus. So you know he loves you, but you, he's, he wants you to go in the right way. But there's an enemy. See, it's not all about God. It's that there's an enemy trying to take us out. We have to say, I am in the kingdom of God. I am going to take advantage of that and be in that strength. And then Satan, literally, he doesn't have any way to take you out, which is why he's trying to play the other tactic. That's what he's trying to do. So look at this in 2 Corinthians 4.1. It says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves in every man's conscience in the sight of God. In other words, walking the best we know how to do. Verse 3, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, that's Satan, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, that light we were talking about earlier, uh, who is the image of God should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give light of the the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus so satan is trying to blind the world he has blinded the world and they don't see so you're going to see the world doing things and of course acting like it's fun but Apostle Paul is saying, we've renounced the things of shame. We're pushing that away. And if people can't see, it's because they've been blinded because Satan doesn't want them to see the light of the gospel. But when we've seen the light of the gospel and we're no longer blinded. So now we don't want to be giving place for hooks that would bring us away from that light and put ourselves back in the shadow. It's like we're blinding ourselves then. You know, when I was in, um, <clears throat> I liked video games growing up, and you know, when I was, uh, I don't know, when some of this came out, you know, the original Nintendo, um, the box thing, you know, uh, came out when I was about in sixth grade, I think it was like right in around 1986 or so. Anyway, there was video games, video games before that. I had the Atari you know 5200 not the original one but the Atari and then we got a Nintendo eventually but you know there's different games that would be available on those on those systems and you know those games are they look archaic by today's standard I mean it's it is I mean it's like become retro to do stuff kind of chunky like that you know they have movies that are made kind of chunky like those things but that was the best that they could do in that kind of a low-key system. You know, it's something you could have at home. They had better things than the arcade. But, you know, really kind of comical with the realistic, even 3D things that video games have now. I mean, you, you literally at a distance, you, you could think like you're, if you saw a video game and it was like football or something, you could think that's a shot of a game, right? I mean, it is so high quality and you could see people and whatever. Well, in the 1980s, we didn't have that. Uh, you know, so you had this little, you know, 8-bit uh, machine, this, the, the Nintendo was, and so you'd have games that, I mean, they're fun, but their representation of certain things was not realistic. But, um, well, anyway, so there was certain games that I knew, I mean, we, we had the game, the video system, but there was just things we would stay away from. That had, they had evil behind them, in spite of the fact that if you looked at the little blob on the screen, is like, that is not scary. <laughs> what is that for sure? You know, I looked at, there's certain games, I'm not gonna name names, but there's just different games that, that I saw that. You'd look at it and go, oh, that's not that bad. But then you'd look, see, the, the video games, because not every, we didn't have the internet. I mean, the internet, I think, existed, you know, in research ways, but it was certainly not uh, public and uh, accessible, easy to the public, and you, you wouldn't have any bandwidth anyway. So there wasn't, like, you could look stuff up. So you, you came, you know, you would have a physical, in that sense, like the, the Nintendo, it had a cartridge like this big. I mean, the, the box was this big. Cartridge was like this big. And then it had a little pamphlet that told you the instructions of the game, how the different um, controls worked. And then a lot of times it would go through the storyline for the game and it would show different characters in the game. And when you looked at that, now those were not limited by the graphics technology. Those were artist renditions of what this character was and what its powers were. And then when you looked at that, you saw what was in the designer's mind, and they would be these demonic, hideous things with certain powers and certain you know, mat, black magic and everything, and you saw it. Of course, then you look at the 8-bit red, and you're like, that is supposed to be that? It's funny, but that's what it is, and that's what the people were programming, and that's what you're playing with when you're looking at it, and we didn't mess with it. I mean, I remember there was really cool games that I was like, but my friends had, I want to get that. And I actually bought, like I remember one of them I bought, you know, we went and bought it. And I'm, I'm what? I don't know, seventh grade, eighth grade, somewhere in there, maybe, you know, ballpark. And we bought this thing. And my mom would tell, you know, no, you don't want to go in certain things. But then at certain levels, she's going to trust us because she doesn't know exactly what things, what is what. And I remember I bought this one because it was like everybody had this. And I and it bothered me. I was like, well, it's probably not that bad. It looks like this. Well, see, I, I had only seen it on the outside. You could see what it said on the back. Then I got the pamphlet home. And I read it, and they're trying to play it. And I'm telling you, this stuff was laced with all kinds of junk. That It was like, it was wicked. And it bothered me inside. I mean, I was like, the the... You know, your spirit's alive to God. And it, it was like, I cannot play this. I'm not yielding. It, that, it was just this stupid little rendering on the screen. Yeah, but the people that made it and program and everything you have it, it is evil. Right. Yes. I don't want that in my household. Mm-hmm. I don't want that around. I, I don't want to mess with that. And I would go by that. You learn how to be led by your spirit. There's a, wait. No, that's evil. No, that's bad. I'm not doing that. That's, I'm, I'm bringing that into my house. Now, today, oh, good night. Hey, you flat out, look. you're like you're looking at a horror movie if you get certain things. No. Or other stuff, you know, basically porn and a video game or, you know, scantily cla- What? No, that is like you're just taking a step going, you've been delivered out. and Well, I'm just going to go right back over here. You know, and all kinds of, of course, internet stuff. Um, social media. So easy. It's so accessible. It's not like, oh, just can't. It is, I am in the kingdom of light. I'm not going to step into the cesspool over here and wallow for a little bit. Jesus is right next to me. I'm not, I have better things to do. I have a, a, a call of God. Every one of us has something we're supposed to do. I don't want to put that aside and go over here. Be sensitive to what's going on the inside, you know you need to sermon on certain things you don't need to sermon on others. you just know if you know the Bible, you know it's wrong. Don't see well, I see how no, just say, oh no, I'm not messing with that. I'm not going to be like somebody that that's blinded that doesn't understand well, my friends do it, yeah, and they don't know Jesus and they're not in the kingdom of God. You know, I went to you know because it's it's October. You see this nonsense everywhere. But uh, I remember there's this one store in Omaha, Nebraska, and we have them around here. But this this place, you know, was a it's craft store and costume. But boy, in October, you know, that's when they make a lot of money. All this stuff's going on, and so they had costumes and every. I just remember walking in that store, and just in inside of me, it was so just gross. It was like you see the different. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. It is. Just as a kid, I was like, "This grieves me." On the, I wouldn't have put it that way. I couldn't articulate that to you, but I was like, "This is this is gross." I'm getting out of here. And you'd see certain images and stuff, and it's like, "I don't want to have anything to do with that." Well, it's like that in every area. Yes. Yes. I mean, especially. I'll just touch on that for a minute, touched on it before. But especially all the stuff that has to do, anything that would make you afraid is not of God, period. Anything that would bring fear, God, fear is not of God. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Over and over, God says, "Do not fear, do not fear, do not fear." And anything that would bring fear, any kind of movie or or image or anything on the internet or real or any post that would bring fear, we should never want to be afraid. That's what you hear kids say. Well, I like being afraid. You are duped because that's just an avenue to bring other stuff into your life. Horror movies are obviously, they're evil. They're, they're, they're meant, and those images, where do you think those images come from? I mean, there are demons, and they, they don't look nice from all accounts. I've never seen one. Not afraid of them. But that's trying to put fear into you like they have power over you. Put images in your head. Put images in your children's head so that they're scared to go downstairs when it's dark. Where does that come from? What are you seeing? Jump scare. Something's going to jump out and get me. Well, no, as a child of God, you have the power of God walking around with you. Don't let Satan put that nonsense to where you think you have to deal with fear like that. We don't do that. We don't let our kids be around it. It's not that you're scared of it. Don't put fear into your children like, well, you can't do that like it's fear. It's like, no, you don't want to mess with that. You don't need to see that. There's nothing good there for you. There's nothing that that is beneficial for you there. You stay away from that stuff. You stay away from anything that would try to make you fearful and afraid and cower. You need to know that you have God on the inside of you. So why would you mess with that nonsense? No, I don't look at that. Well, you, oh, you're scared. You scared. You can't watch it. No, I don't. I don't like it. Just so you, you know, kids, don't have to. Because people, you know, you know how kids are. Oh, you can't see it. You're too scared. What are you for? What are you going to cry? No, I don't want to look at it. I don't like it. And if you're really bold, if you if you have that relationship, no, I'm a Christian. I don't look at that nonsense. No, I've shared this before, and it'll bear repeating. I I knew we knew a missionary couple that uh, they were in Panama, and in when I was in a church, when I was in the church, uh, when I was in college, and after. Uh, Abundant Life family Church in Lincoln, Nebraska for years. Um, we supported these missionaries, and they, um, they came one time to, to the church. And you know we had a fellowship dinner afterwards, and I was talking to them and talking about some things and got to know them. But one thing they mentioned, I think, when they were, they were preaching, uh, they were talking about see, they had there was witch doctors there. And there was a witch doctor that had gotten saved. And, you know, people, you know, some people, they're ignorant. they just, oh, that, none of that makes, that makes any difference. There's no reality. No, there is a reality. You don't have to be scared of it. And that same evangelist that uh, I mentioned earlier that with the pointy, you know, curly thumb, uh, my friend that I mentioned earlier, you know, when I'm pointing at you, there's three pointing back to me and four if you have a curly thumb, that same guy, he goes, yeah, you think you're so big and bad and, you know, just know this stuff from, a, not me, but, you know, from a, a, um, a distance, but, you know, spiritual things. He goes, he was down in, I don't know, some country. And he goes, when somebody starts levitating in front of you, he goes, you know, you have power in the name of Jesus. There's another thing when it hits you there and he did, he commanded to come out in the name of Jesus. And that person went down. He goes, but it hits you at a different place. It, th- these things are real. You don't see a lot of it here because, you know, our, our culture and everything has, there's, a, there's still an amount of decency in away from that, but when it's been just given free reign. So anyway, the, these people had dealt with witch doctors and they do have power. They would, they would do voodoo and stuff on people and they would die. Why? Because Satan does have a measure of power, but he has no authority over the Christian. And so these people said there was this witch doctor that had gotten saved and he said you christians christians do not understand the authority that they have and he said we would see you because he was a witch doctor and he would he said we would see a christian walking through the forest and he said it was just like a light a glow would come would come with them and he would just be able to see them walking he said we knew the power they had they didn't as witch doctors, they knew that the Christian had authority. They could see that light. They could see because they were, they were uh, aware of spiritual things. They said, we could see you coming, but the Christians don't know they have that authority. They don't know they have the power. This guy had gotten saved, and so he realized some things, and he was able to talk to them and say, look, this is what it looks like from our side. They're scared of you if you only knew it. Satan is afraid of you if you only knew it. So why would I go to him, go and get on his territory and give, say, give him access to make me afraid of him when I already have authority over him and don't have to fear him? That's what he's trying to do. Get, whether it's, it's things that are, are horror things like evil like that, or whether it's stuff that's just, you know, it's immoral, it's wrong, it's, it's sexual stuff. Don't, he's trying to get you in the mud so you cannot fulfill what God has called you to do. If you're going to wrestle with a pig, you're going to get dirty. And that's what he wants you is dirty, because if he gets you dirty, he'll try to bring you under condemnation. And if you're under condemnation, you won't be able to exercise faith. Even though you have authority, your conscience will bother you, and yes, you can get it cleared up with, with the Lord, and you need to bring that to Him, but if you keep bringing that back into your life, it's going to open the door for Satan to condemn you, and you will not be able to walk in the plan of God fully for your life, or my life, or whoever we're talking about, so we don't mess with that stuff. We don't mess with anything. You, and if there's something that would push on you, that has a hook in you, God can deliver you. God will get you out. If you look to Him, He can get you out. Don't matter what it is. He can get you out of it. And if you renounce it, you get away from it, God will help you. And that power will be broken because Satan does not have power over you. He wants you to think He does, He wants you to think there's no hope, He wants you to think there's no way out. But He's a liar. We ought to get a clue that if our enemy is a liar when he says something, we ought not cower. We ought to be like, wait a minute, you're a liar. You're saying this. Not true. Amen. God's greater. God's greater. Hallelujah. Praise God.